And here we go, here we go! Raider Nation. Raider Nation. Welcome to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast. Your home for the most real Raiders takes, predictive stats, and advanced analytics. We bleed silver and black. Here are your hosts, Raider Heart and Raspy Raider. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome back to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast. I'm your host, Raider Hart, and you're listening to sort of a hybrid show here. We're kind of going back to the old school here at Silver and Black Hack. We're going to do a sort of a mashup of the Raiders Chiefs pre, uh, pre-game show, preview show. We're going to break down that matchup, sort of give you a bird's eye view of the Raiders taking on the Chiefs. This is the regular season finale, the season finale uh, for the Raiders. This is going to be it for the season. Um, but strangely enough, there's a lot for the Raiders to play for in terms of the future, at, especially at the quarterback position. So we're going to get into all of that, uh, offer our scores and predictions as well. And then we're going to sort of mash it up with Ask Raspy. We usually split these in two, but uh, this has been sort of a different week for us. Um, Somebody has some other things going on. So just for this week, we're going to kind of go back to what we used to do and, and sort of match those two together. So we had some great questions again this week. But as far as the Raiders and Chiefs, we're going to talk about, you know, Jared Stidham's second act. What do we expect? What do we need to see from the young quarterback to continue to have his name thrown in the hat as a future uh, potential franchise quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders? What does or what can, maybe is the, the more appropriate question, what can Patrick Graham do, if anything, to slow down Superman Patrick Mahomes and uh, pull an upset here and kind of piggybacking off that, is there even a plan for Travis Kelsey? Like, is there anything that they can do? Sort of a strange thing that the Raiders, you know, came up with a plan that sort of worked against Kelsey the first time, but then really didn't in other ways. So really kind of a bizarre situation. We're going to get into all of that, guys, give you our scores and predictions again, as, as we said. But before we do that, just another reminder, where to find us, you know, even going in the, the regular season, the season is going to be over. I don't know why I keep saying regular season. I still have the playoff brain going, but the season is coming to an end in 2022, at least the, the, that season. But we're still going to be here, guys. So you can still send us questions. You can still talk to us. We're going to be watching the game. Obviously, there's a lot of engagement during the game. And then there's the whole offseason. This is going to be one of the biggest and most exciting and uh, potential full offseason for the Raiders in many, many years. It just goes so many different ways. So the storylines are going to be hot and heavy. You can find us on Twitter, Raider Twitter, Silver underscore Hack. You can find us on Facebook as well. And, and tell anybody that you know that's a Raider fan where they can find us, guys. You know, we want to continue the growth into the offseason, so it's going to be a great time to join Silver and Black Hack, even for those that missed the season coming up in the offseason. So tell, tell them. You can find us wherever that they're, finding our, that they're finding their podcast at currently. They can find us there as well. And uh, make sure to just auto, you know, set that auto download and just, you know, write automatically set that uh, so you don't miss an episode and keep those notifications on as well. 
And without any further delay here, let's go ahead and bring in Raspy Raider ready for this uh, the season finale here. Tough matchup, Raspy, bitter AFC West rival. You know, some Raider fans will tell you that the Chiefs are their most hated rival. You know, there's, there's a lot to go around with the, the Donkey fans the and the Bolts. You know, there's a lot of bad blood to go around in this division. But a lot of Raider fans, I'd say the, probably the majority would tell you that the Chiefs are the most hated rival in the West. Where do you fall? I know you've... You, you just happen to have some pretty important Chiefs fans in your family. Where do you fall on that as far as the rivalry? I know it's tough between you, the Donkeys, and the Chiefs. That's putting it mildly, man. Um, for me, I still – I hate the Donkeys more than I hate any other team in this thing we call the NFL. So I have, that'll never change. The Chiefs are right behind them, so – but unfortunately, I got to deal with it. And, you know, as of the last 20 plus years of my life, which have been significant with all these Chiefs fans and me building my family, um, I haven't had a whole lot to talk trash about. So, yeah, it's tough, man. But all I live in, and plus I live in Colorado, man. I'm, I'm gone, man. I tell you right now, Nation, if there's somebody out here pulling for us and just trashing donkeys every chance I get, it's me. So, you know, send some prayers my way, man, and, and help me with that because <laughs> out here in Colorado, it can get ugly. Luckily, they just have been trash, so it's been easier. And we've but, owned them. And we've owned them, yeah. So still haven't beat us as the Las Vegas Raiders, and that's pretty awesome. So I'll take that for as long as that run continues to to transpire. But, but yeah, man, week, week 18, crazy. I hear you with the playoff stuff on the brink. That's where you wanted to be, man. That's where we. That's where we all wanted to be. I wish we could be more excited, and I wish there was some talk about playoffs, man. Unfortunately, you know, we fell short, and there's a lot going on to prove exactly how that all transpired and why this off season, like Hart alluded to, is going to be so crazy. I mean, this is this is going to be a crazy off season. There's no doubt. So Hart is. Has never been more honest saying, man, tune in because uh, this is going to be a this is going to be a crazy one, man. Can't wait to get into it. But uh, meanwhile, still another game to play, you know, so we'll we'll get into that. But uh, always awesome to be talking Raider football with Nation at any given time. And obviously, my brother from another mother, Raider Heart. Let's get into it, brother. Definitely. So and. Man, can I just ask you a really awkward question before we get off the before oh, we no. officially get off the jump here? Of course you can, but I'm worried. Yeah, uh, do you do you just be honest here? Do you want the Raiders to win this game? No wrong answer here, but do you want the Raiders to win this game? No, not at this point. But that's a it's kind of a tough one because I I kind of want it to be similar to last week. I would love to see Stidham go out there and have a hell of a game and, and perform. But as far as draft status, no, I don't want us to win this game. Man, there's there's a, a few opportunities that put us, like, in the top ten for sure and in a good position. So at this point, why? I just want – it's kind of crazy because it's like a double-edged sword because I want Stiddy to play, play well and to show that he can – 
lead this offense and to just, you know, show everybody that this offense can be prolific and dynamic, but it, but I also, no, I don't want us to win. And I, and I, in e- either way, even if I did, I don't think we're going to, there is too much at stake and we just haven't proven to do this, but I guess that's what Derek Carr and Carr's not playing this weekend. So it, everything is up in the air, but, but no, sorry. I know that was long-winded, but long story short, not at this point. I don't want us to win. I would like to see a good showing and have a good game and, you know, for guys to feast and do their thing. But, no, I'd rather be in a better position to draft a premier guy. Yeah, the only the only way that I would really – now, I'm not going to turn it down if the Raiders beat the Chiefs. You know, it would be a huge upset, and that could potentially, I think – cost the Chiefs home field advantage, which could yeah, very well that, you know what? cost them a, a, another trip back to the Super Bowl, denying them another ring. Um, You're but right there. I forgot. I'm sorry. I did forget about that. Like I said, and don't get it twisted, Nation, because if we did win, I'm not going to be mad either, especially if it was to punk the Chiefs and to keep them out of the number one seat. So Hart makes a very good point. Sorry, I was kind of sleeping on that one. but But yeah. Other than that, it would only be for draft status is where I'm coming from. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, brother. For me, the only way that it would really – that I, you know, it would be great to beat the Chiefs. If, But for me, to beat the Chiefs, if it was some sort of a fluky game, say 19 to 17 or something like that, and Stenham looks as troubling as he did promising just the week before – I'm not interested in that. I mean, it would still be great to knock the Chiefs off. Any Raider win is it look just win baby's the motto, right? But you know, draft status is you have to look at what's more beneficial to your football team at this point. It, there's not going to be much carryover till next season because of all the potential changes on the on the roster. We don't expect coaching changes, but the personnel is most definitely going to change and potentially, some would say likely at the quarterback position that the starting quarterback where there's not going to, you know, that's going to change the whole mood outlook mentality of the team, all of that. But it, you know, if Stidham, if the Raiders beat the chiefs, say a similar score to what the score of the 49ers game was say 37, 34, but the Raiders win and Stidham looks like what he looked like again, I could absolutely take that. If we walk away with it, where McDaniels and Ziegler would, you know, have basically no choice but to say, you know, we're going to not maybe officially name this kid as the, the as the guy next year, but at the very least we have to bring him back and give him serious, serious consideration to be the starting quarterback, a true opportunity to start next year. That would be great. Hey, man, I agree. And that's what I was saying. I would just love to see Stiddy have a really good day. And even if it were in a loss, you know, but even better, if it was in a win, whatever, I just – my biggest concern is kind of piggybacking off of what you're saying. I don't want this kid to get lost in the fray. What he did last week against San Francisco was just flat out ridiculous. If he goes out and has another game like that and we end up losing and then, you know, the car stuff becomes official, he's gone. That's such a small sample size, whether he played well or not. I could see him getting lost in the fray with all the hustle and bustle and the shuffle in the NFL with the quarterback position, especially – if we decide that, you know, we say we trade car and we get a decent deal for him or whatever, and, I mean, what what do we do? Do we, you know, we, do we draft a quarterback, which I think we should regardless, as far as I'm concerned, especially if you're in the top 10. 
but it, it's I worry about him getting kind of lost in the fray there. So I see where where Hart's coming from. You know, we got to see what we got in this kid. And if he does go out and give you another, and it's back-to-back weeks where he played great against the 49ers and great against the Chiefs, two of the premier teams in the league that season and the only two opportunities he had, and he gets lost in the fray and gets, like, shuffled backwards because of all the quarterback hype, you know, and free agency, that would suck. So but, it, it all depends on what he does. Like you said, I mean, he's got to go out there and shine and, and do his thing and prove to these guys that, hey, I'm the guy you need to bring back next year, at least to give me an opportunity to compete with whoever in the hell you bring in here. I mean, I, I, I agree. And, you know, but the thing about it is I'm worried about this Stidham getting lost in the shuffle too because the Raiders have done this so many times in my time as a fan where – they have a choice to make where there's a there's it can go either way. They have, you know, a number of players that they're choosing from for a you know a key position or two or whatever. And they always seem, I don't want to say always, but the, too often for me, in my time as a fan, they've chosen wrong. But here's the thing though, okay, I get you with the free agency thing, but doesn't isn't there even more of a danger of him being lost in the shuffle if the Raiders draft a quarterback in the first round? Because Guess who's going to get the priority for development, and guess who's going to get the priority for the starts? They will. They will start a first-round quarterback at some point. They will start him for a, a significant period of time. Even if Stenham balls out, they're going to say, "Okay, that's great." But we've spent the first-round pick on say Will Will Levis, and he's going to start. We're going to give him a season to start. Maybe not this next one, but 2024. So, isn't there just this is just a really weird situation with Stenham, isn't it? It's a very weird situation, man. I mean, it's so weird that we could be bringing in an aging, you know, declining Tom Brady because it sounds good to the guys in the building. I mean, I I worry about there's so much in the air right now, Hart. I know you're right there with me. And I know Nation's probably same way. Like, man, what are we going to do? We This has to go right. We have to get this right. However that looks, man, we have been in limbo. We've spoke about it for years being in, you know, 15, you know, anywhere from 14 to 24 in the draft or later. And it's, it, that's not, it hasn't worked is what I should say. Because, I mean, look back at our drafts for the last five, six years. They, overall, it's been ridiculously bad. Worst in the NFL. So, so we've got to figure this out. We've got to get this right. It, there is so much in the air. I mean, one of these guys is going to fall. You know, Levis, Richardson, I mean, who knows, man? The way everything shakes up, man, you might have a team jump up and get hungry, and one of those guys is good. But somebody of high-caliber quarterback play is going to be there. What do we do? Well, we were just talking about this. If you look at the draft right now, you know, we're pretty much cemented in, in the top ten as we speak. And there's really only – if you're looking at it realistically, I think there's only – one to one to two, maybe maybe three teams ahead of the Raiders that are definitely quarterback needy. It's more like two, and one of those two teams could easily trade for Derek Carr and look at that option and try to kind of short you know shortcut that whole rebuild process. That could be one G. less Jimmy G or Jimmy G or Jimmy G or Brock Purdy yeah, or you know. 
Exactly, and try to go and say we'd rather go get a guy like Jalen Carter or Will Anderson or something. We want to get we want to we want a decent quarterback, but we want to build our D. Something that we should be thinking about, you know. But I also feel like this is the time to strike. But yeah, you're right, dude. It could it, this could open up big time. There might be a guy there that you never thought would have been there. There's well, there probably is. I mean, if you look at this, you know, look. Everybody thinks that Bryce Young is going to be the first quarterback off the board, but I've I've seen numerous NFL scouts, Mel Kiper types, that have been far more right than anybody else that isn't in that line of work has been or knowledgeable about the draft. Have said that you know he said that he's had at least three. These guys have said that they've had at least three GMs tell them that okay, so we like Bryce Young, but how many quarterbacks in the in the NFL right now look like Bryce Young? And then how many quarterbacks in the NFL right now look like Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, C.J. Stroud, dot, dot, dot. So it, we just never know. For all we know, Bryce Young could fall. So you just never know. The Raiders will have options at quarterback. I just – at the very least, Raspy, I hope that if Jared Stidham has done nothing else – and this is the this is the floor for me – you know, keep that in mind. I'm hoping for much, much more than this. I hope he's the guy, honestly. I'll just come out and say it. I hope he's the guy. I'm not ready to say that yet, that I think he is, but I hope he is the guy. I hope at the very least that Will uh, Will or um, Jared Stedham, rather, has ended any chance of Mac Jones being brought in. Because oh, if you're just going to go with if you just want to go with a young quarterback that McDaniels has worked with before that has experience in the system, Stedham fits all the checks all those boxes off too and we've seen him perform with this talent it, it to me that was one of the, the options that I kept hearing about that worried me the most it doesn't make any sense to choose another quarterback that hasn't yet fully proven himself that only has you know youth and experience in the system if you're not just keep Jared Stidham then right and he's not near as athletic I mean, Mac Jones is a statue man I mean the guy looks like he's 40 out there no way Stidham looks spry. No way in hell would I ever. I'm with you. No way. Mac Jones would be the. I'd rather take an old ass Tom Brady than to take Mac Jones. No way. Don't Absolutely. don't let Bill. That would be the biggest fleece Belichick could ever pull. No way. Yeah, and you know that he will pull it too. I mean, oh, yeah, he don't I care who you are. I w- you said you would take an aging Tom Brady. I would take an aging Tom Arnold over over <laughs> Mac Jones right now. I just don't want that guy anywhere near. It just and it just would again. It w- would it make any sense? You know, anything that you could say about Mac Jones? That was good. Sorry, I like that. Aging, aging Tom Arnold over Mac Jones. They call I mean, him. Squish- I want- they call him Squishy Mac out here, which I think is kind of funny. I don't want anything to do with Squishy Mac. I, I don't want anything to do. Why do they call him Squishy Mac? Just because he's like soft in the center. I don't know, but he's he's dude. The kid is sorry. He's soft, bro. I watched I watched this pathetic Raiders defense make him so mad and frustrated that a guy who would let this lousy ass Raider defense allow them to frustrate you. Uh, that is not a guy on one of my team. Plus, like I said, guy wears a knee brace and he's 24. Like, no, I'm good. Yeah, it just at the very least, I hope that I hope for much more again. But I hope at the very least 
that Stiddy put an end to any Mac Jones consideration just off that one start alone, that there's at least enough to work with there. If you want to go with a younger guy with upside that has familiarity with McDaniels, you have your guy. If that's the if that's the way that they decide to go, if that's Stidham's what's important to them. Stidham's got a frame, to too. Stidham's got a yeah. frame, too. I mean, he, he's an athletic – I mean, the guy is, you know, he's no slouch, man. The guy has got a hell of a stance on him. Guy's got some feet. He's got prowess. He's That's a man right there. Mac Jones still looks like a boy to me. I'm sorry. Jared Stidham, man. Number one high school recruit, recruited quarterback in that class, ahead of Kyler Murray, I believe ahead of um, Lamar Jackson, maybe. But I know he was ahead of Kyler Murray. You know, this guy has some some. Ta- he has talent. He has he has an NFL arm. He has NFL legs, like like Raspy said. He has NFL instincts in the pocket to avoid the rush and make plays off schedule. So we'll see where they go. But, you know, speaking of Stenham, man, he's got one more start because let's be real. If he falls flat on his face, throws three or four bad picks, you know, can't move the football, that'll be the end of the steady conversation and, and slash experiment. Raspy, what do you, you know, for, for, for Stenham's act two here, for his follow-up, two things. What What do you need to see? And what do you expect to see from Jared Stenham? Those are those can be those can be the same, or they could be opposites. For me, they're probably going to be more of the same. I expect to see kind of more of what we saw last week. He knows this system. That was my main thing. Him coming into this, where I wasn't really batting an eye too much because he's been he's been in the system for three four years. So the system thing, I don't think is an issue. The guy obviously has physical capability prowess in that regard. So I, I expect to see a little bit more of the same. Now, now granted, they're going to try to keep him in the pocket because kind of what you spoke about on the last show, you know, um, post game was he does stand in there and want to make that play. So a good defense is going to say, hey, keep him in the pocket and make him try to push so we can get in his face and make something bad happen. So I worry about that a little bit, but I also just see him going out there and he really has nothing to lose, man. He's playing kind of to go get the bag, to go chase the bag. And that's a dangerous man right there. A guy who already has some confidence coming from the week before and really can just cut loose. We have no, we win or lose, we're not in the playoffs. So there's not a bunch of pressure on him. So the pressure is not there. I, I, I tend to see a lot of the same, but what I want to see is is just that ability with his feet. These guys turn their back on you, man. Go make them pay and run run with that rock. Keep drives alive. You know, let's try to keep a clean pocket because Hart spoke about that too. I think he was 16 of 19 with a clean pocket last week for 180 yards, 90 yards, whatever it was. Keep him clean. Give this kid a chance. So I think he'll do just that. I think I think he'll go out there and score some points. You know, I mean, this is a it's a big game, man. The Chiefs are playing for a lot. We don't know, you know. Real quick, man, I want to just give it out to Demar Hamlin, and sounds like he's showing a lot of progression there at Cincinnati Medical after the game the other night. So you know, all prayers up for you know Mr. Hamlin, and sounds like people are just 
they're coming through in droves for that man. And he's just a good dude from everything I've seen. So I'm just blessings and prayers for him for sure. But, uh, but yeah, man, I think that's, it's kind of what it's, that's what it's all about, man, is you, you go, you go make it happen. You know, football is, uh, a day-to-day thing, man. You never know when it can be over. Stidham has nothing to lose. I think he's going to go out there and play really well. And like I said, the Chiefs waiting on the outcome of however they roll with that game, they're still right there. They have to win in order to have any chance to have a first-round bye. So they're going to give you everything that they got. But I think Stiddy will have a good game. Yeah, the doctor said that um, Hamlin, his, I think the quote was – the lights appear to be on upstairs. So that's because it was just, it wasn't just about surviving it as, you know, surviving it and being a vegetable or something like that for the rest of your life wouldn't have been much. Some, some people think that's even a worse outcome. So. Absolutely. um, I had to say something about that because it just, I don't know why it just triggered me there, but I was like, had to at least touch on that and just, you know, I kind of got sidetracked there for a second, you know, I had to come back to the chiefs thing, but just thinking about like, you know, what happened, football don't mean anything when it comes to that kind of stuff, man. So I'm just glad to hear that this man is, like, progressing and doing better, so. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But um, going back to Stidham, there's no easy transition. Yeah, no there, easy but... transition, my bad. I didn't mean to get like that on it. I just had to say something. But I just, I feel like he'll, you know, against the team. I mean, the Niners, same thing. They were playing for a lot. And he was giving them all they could handle. So I think he's going to give the Chiefs all they can handle. I think they're going to see. I saw a little uh, uh, snippet with Thornhill, safety over there for uh, Kansas City. And he was watching that film. And he's like, man, this guy can play some ball. (laughs) He's not scared. He said, I thought, you know, first time starter might come out there and be a little shaky. He said, run this film back. This kid was not shaky at all. He was in command. He was in control. We got our hands full. So you're getting already he's putting guys on notice just from you know football guys watching how he did. That could be mind games too. They could be trying could to get be. him to bait him into some to some bad decisions that they saw in film potentially as well. But for for me, this game to me is more of a test than the 49ers game was. And I know a lot of people are gonna say, What? The Niners have the best defense in the world and all this, and they do, and they do, and that was super impressive, the film. Now, you know, the Chiefs, Spagnola is not an, an idiot as a defensive coordinator, so to me, now he does. Now, now a week of film, is that, you know, the determining factor in, in figuring players out? It really isn't. You know, sometimes it could take longer than that, but this they do have oh, an entire game's worth of film that was not there prior prior to this. So I'm very curious to see how, number one, what adjustments that Spagnola thinks that needs to be made to to, to negate some of this kid's um, abilities because he's very different to, to defend him than it was to defend Derek Carr over the years. I think he'd be the first one to, to um, kind of talk about that and admit that. But, you know, what, and, and then the other thing is, well, the obvious question that that begs is, if Spagnola does come up with some different wrinkles, which he will, they're not going to do the same thing that didn't work with the Niners. They're going to have a more educated plan than what the Niners had. What does Stiddy do? How does he? How does McDaniel's help him to counteract some of this stuff? And then how does Stidham execute 
what he needs to execute off of this, these adjustments that are going to be made. You know, what, what do I expect to see? I don't expect to see quite what we saw against the Niners. I still, because obviously if he throws for 380 something yards again, then he's Kurt Warner. You know, if he's going to do that every week, because if you guys remember for the, you know, the listeners old enough to remember when Kurt Warner first took over, that's how it was with him. Trent Green got hurt. This, you know, store clerk or whatever came in as a backup from the arena league and nobody knew. And he throws for like 300 and some yards, the first start and a bunch of scores and looks great. Okay, whatever. Does it again? Does it again? And then there's just a certain point with, okay, he's just a great quarterback. So we're going to see what happens here. So what does Stidham do? What do I need to see? I just want to see the same traits. It, it, to me, if he doesn't, he could throw for 280 yards, Raspy, for me in this game versus the 380 that we saw against the Niners. But if I still see, or even less, 250 even, but if I see the same instincts to avoid the rush in the pocket and still make, to, you know, be able to extend plays and, you know, to throw down the field, make plays that way, or to run for those first downs. And even more than that, if I still see, the toughness in the pocket and the, that aggressive passing mindset. Raspy, I, I was looking at some of the numbers from Stenham's start, and some of it is, you know, just sort of overwhelming. And some of it, I think, is sort of, you know, small sample size stuff too. But this is one that I can't really say is because it's like if you make the throws in the game in an NFL regular season game, you make the throws, right? Stenham, in that start against the Niners, man, Nine completions over 20 yards. Well, that sounds impressive. How impressive is that really? Well, he's the only Raider quarterback to do that since 2000. And we know who the quarterback in 2000 was, uh, Raspy, for the Raiders at that time. So if I see that same type of aggressive down-the-field throwing and those in the improvisational stuff in the pocket, leaking away from the rush, not being afraid of the rush – and looking to make plays and combining that with throwing his guys open with those aggressive throws. If I see those two things again without a bunch of, you know, without an implosion with turnovers or something weird like that, that's all that I really need to see to kind of cement to me that, you know, we need to give this guy a much a much longer look. It's hard to argue, man. I mean, this game is going to come down to, let's face it, a couple few plays here and there. You know, and we need – if he goes out there and makes them and can show, you know, the ability to continue to, like you said, hang in there, make plays with his feet and, and do these intangible things that he did last week, then I want him around too, period. At least to, you know, to get a further look. Yeah. You, you know, he would, he would have earned to me, if he does anything like that again that shows those same – traits that even after a, a you know a week of film that it still comes through well then that that to me earns another we, we need to see another week at least at least and the shame is that this is the end of the of the season here but that would mean that to me he's got to at least come back in as a you bring in somebody else sure but he's got to be a 1a or 1b to you know to battle for that job in the, in training camp if he does these things Again, this week, you're right, the offensive line has to do a better job. You know, he was under pressure a considerable amount more than what Derek Carr normally is in his starts. 
And um, some of that might be because he sticks in the pocket longer too. And I get that, but you know, they didn't do him any favors in that regard, but you know, when you talk about this matchup, you say it's going to come down to a handful of plays. Well, that depends. That depends on how Stidham plays. Obviously, he may have to keep pace with the guy, you know, under center on the other sideline. A lot of it's going to come down, Raspy. How does Patrick Graham, what does he do against Patrick Mahomes? You could say that he came, it was kind of a weird thing, right? The In the, 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 the first matchup earlier this season at Arrowhead, he did some good things against Mahomes. You know, they we held the Chiefs to 368 yards and just 5.3 yards per play in that matchup. That Those are winning numbers. Those should have been numbers that if you hold the Chiefs and Mahomes to those that kind of output, Raspy, you would expect you'd expect to get the win. But then you look at Mahomes' stat line within that. <laughs> 29 of 43 for 292 yards and four touchdowns. And I think maybe you, I did all four of those go to Kelsey on like six catches? Wasn't it so well, it, stupid? It, it was because it was, it, it was the same. Know, it was the same. Kelsey did like 47 yards, but he had four tutties. 25 yards. Seven catches for 25 yards and four touches. So it was the same bizarre thing where they bottled him up so well. I don't that's the best stat line as far as the yardage that I can ever remember against the Raiders defense with him. But then the four touchdowns, and and again, 5.3 yards per play, less than 400 yards to the Chiefs, big time winning numbers. If you can get that out of the Chiefs, hold them to that. But yet the four touchdowns and you know, the th- basically 300 yards to Mahomes. So how do you assess what Patrick Graham and his game plan, his defensive staff, what they were able to do against the Chiefs in that first matchup? Do you look at it as something, there's something of a framework of a blueprint with some of those numbers? Or is it just, you know, just not good enough anyway? Like, how do you assess that? Because I don't know how to. I mean, that's tough, man. And bottom line, Patrick Graham's here. So we have no choice in the matter there. But it, I, if he could do something similar to that and keep him around 30 points, I feel like this offense will produce more. And, I mean, let's face it, man. Kansas City has only held four teams under 20 points this, this year. Four. include Not including the Raiders with Carr either. Yeah. yeah. And so they can be scored on. I mean, they have shown that. They've been in a lot of these close games like we have, too. I think it's – actually, I know it is. It's, they've been in 10-1 score games. We've been in 13. Their record's 7-3. and three, Our record's 4-9. and nine. That's the difference between a winning team and a team that's not winning, period. That's just kind of how that goes. So they've also have, four, have scored 465 points to our 382 in more of those close games. So that's why it just shows you winning teams find a way to win. So what Patrick Graham needs to do is just try to do anything to corral this man. And you better have some keys in this game because we spoke about it last week. As far as Christian McCaffrey was concerned, all of us knew, you know, a blind man would have known who the hell to watch out for in that Niners game. And we did zero. So Kelsey is their guy. They have other guys that can go up and and help as well. But if you don't have a plan for Kelsey, I mean, even – and that just shows that even when we thought we did, he has, you know, like you said, seven catches, 
for 27 yards, but four of those are for touchdowns. You cannot let them win on those big-time plays, and that just shows how bad our red zone D is. Because obviously he's scoring I, – I remember the game. He was scoring like two, three yards off the end zone. I mean, it was – and it looked easy. Yeah, so, it wasn't even just the red zone. It was, it was inside the – it was a goal to go. It was inside yeah, the it was 10. Like inside the, it was like inside the five or ten. No, I remember. I remember. It was just – he couldn't do anything between the 20s, but, yeah, we let him just murder us, you know, from five in. So, Patrick Graham better have a plan. I mean, like I said, man – I think I think Polo Mal has ever has earned every right to be out there. This kid shows speed like we don't have on the defense. So if nothing else, man, just put somebody with some wheels on him just to mug him and and throw some doubles at him and shade coverage towards him, play quarters and press down on him. I mean, whatever you got to do, you know, make it difficult. Because I do think that Stiddy can keep you in this game. I really do. The Chiefs defense is not – horrible, but they're not great either. They're, you know, they're going to give you some on the ground. They're averaging like, I think it's 112 or so on the ground, you know, 270, 280 in the air. I mean, like, you can go you can go get some yards, man. And you got the, the guys to do it. So, run that same type of approach that you did against the Niners out there, man, as far as trying to push the ball down the field and let Stiddy throw some guys open and and let's go to work, man. Let's go make it real hard for these guys. Are you a fan of blitzing Patrick Mahomes in the red zone? I've, I've been thinking about that a little bit. In the red zone, Doesn't I am. Seem, does it seem like he kind of like those – I'm just thinking about those Kelsey plays. I guarantee you if we go back and watch those, those are plays where it wasn't a no one, blitz. two, three, bang. It was a, you know, no. one, two, three, avoid, avoid, slide, slide, yep. fire, touchdown. Like yep. get him, make him get the ball out of his hand right away in the red zone. So he, so in Kelsey's the same way, right? It's I'm covered. I'm a cover, cover, slip, open, score. So yep. it's like it's he's not a he's not a Jerry Rice or a no, you know or an Antonio Gates where it's he's just this sharp you know route where he's just like you know beating you off the line, crisp cuts and just you know he's not that type. He's a slippery. Let me slide around and find that hole in the zone. Maybe if you blitz him, do you take that some of that backyard stuff away and just make him – I want him to be Drew Brees, not what he is. I'm talking yep. about Mahomes, you know? Right. No, I'm with you. I think I think that's uh, – and what do we have to lose? I exactly mean, this right. better – dude, this better be the most free-flowing defense you've played all season because you really have nothing to lose here. Just – you you got to run it out there. If this is such a complex defense, then show us what this complex complex defense can actually produce some, you know, complexities for the offense that you're facing. Let's see it. You have nothing to lose here. There is no reason that you should be playing conservative in any way, shape, or form. So let's see what this defense can look like. And let's be real, Raspy. I don't think either one of us, at least, and you know, from everything we've heard out there from Mark Davis. Well, at least reportedly what Mark has said, you know, Mark doesn't speak to anybody unless it's, you know, a blonde bombshell at, at the MGM. But, you know, it, it's like he's going to be here next year. So, Patrick Graham. So, why not fish? Why not if, if we're not going to the playoffs, you know, whatever. Stiddy's going to be, you know – 
playing that devil may care style of brand of ball on the other end, debuting for the job. So why shouldn't Patrick Graham, isn't this a great time to experiment with something yes. like maybe you, yeah. maybe you land some look or something that you could build off of. Oh, wait a minute. He didn't react like to this particular hybrid look that we drew up. He didn't react to that the way we thought we would. Hmm. Maybe that's something we could file away for next season. Maybe there's some concepts when we threw this three safety look at him, he didn't he didn't love that as much as do you think there's anything to that, Raspy? I absolutely think there is. If you're if you're gonna be here next year, you better be learning the lessons every freaking game you coach. And at this point, like I said, it kind of goes back to what I just said. It's like let it loose, man. Throw the kitchen sink. You got nothing to lose. You're not you're not gonna you're not going to derail us from anything that we're going to do in the future, especially if you're staying by just coaching up a game where you let it all hang out, man, and see what you have in some of these players. Because you know what? Let's be honest. Like Hart said earlier, there some of these players aren't going to be here next year. So figure out who is and what better time than to just – I think it'd be fun as a coordinator. I'd love to be a defensive coordinator, especially at this point. Like, man, like I'm not going to get fired. I coach like trash and I'm not going to get fired and I'm throwing everything I got. I'm going to see, I'm going to, I got some things up my sleeve. I'm going to see if these things work, man. And I'm going to hope for the best. And, uh, and I'm going to, even if I was getting fired, I'd be the same way. I'd be like, well, there's no point now. We're not going to the playoffs. So I got some ideas, man. I want to see some things that I've been working on, see if they can work, see if these guys can run them. You know? He really he really could treat this like a preseason game yeah. against the Chiefs. You know, find something that can bother Patrick Mahomes, at least a framework of something. Or like you said, you know, what, what are some of these younger players, what, what can they maybe do in some different situations? Remember – the last year of Paul Gunther's, I know it's a bad example to bring up because he was terrible with us. He was good with the Bengals, but with us, he was just an embarrassment of a coordinator. But remember Paul Gunther's, was it his last year with us before he got fired? The We played the Chiefs. Now, granted, we absolutely got blown off the map in this game. I don't remember the score, but it was one of those 41 to 28 type of deals. It was We just got massacred. It may have been actually one of the games that led to him getting fired. But he tried all kinds of stuff. Remember that game, Raspy? He tried the inverted cover, too, where the safeties were playing corner and the and the, the corners were dropping back. And he was trying all – like, why not just try some – like, try everything and see if anything can confuse this young kid. I, I don't know. Because you're going to have to play him again twice next year. So yeah, that ain't that, – that's never going away. They're not changing, you know, division opponents anytime soon. <laughs> so – And they're not changing quarterbacks. Yeah, and they're not changing their quarterback. So you might as well go out there and get to work and uh, try to throw some things at this kid, you know, just even to throw him off for one game. I mean, just to show that, hey, man, like we can be adaptable. You know, we can do different things. We can uh, run different personnel and and cause quarterbacks, you know, confusion. I, I, you got nothing to lose, man. We have – we have seen nothing on any type of Raider info, any type of record that he is going anywhere. So sounds like he's going to be here kind of tied in with McDaniels. So why not, man? You got every reason to just 
let the dogs loose in any way, shape, or form. Let's go get it. And if you are Patrick Graham, you have to be thinking, Raspy, that sure, you know, the leash is really loose on me this year. I'm almost assuredly going to be back next season. I can't think of it. If they haven't made the decision to fire him by now, there's nothing that could happen in this last game that would push him over the edge unless it's like a mutiny or something. So wouldn't you be thinking that, okay, all the flexibility this year, all the job security, breathe that, you know, sigh of relief, but my long-term job security in this, in this, with this organization and the way that the league is going, quite possibly the league in general, I'm going to have to find some sort of a remedy to put a, a lasso around these alien quarterbacks to slow them down at least somewhat. Herbert could be even better next year. That's, you know, we're, we're all waiting for him to take that final step that could happen. At, it, it could happen in the playoffs. It could happen at any point. And you know what you're going to have to deal with when you're dealing with number 15, you know, in, in Kansas City. So, it would really behoove him to try to find some some sort of looks that can kind of like how in the NBA when there's a really like a juggernaut offensive team, some defensive coaches, you know, going up, they'll just throw that zone out there for half a quarter every once in a while just to or pull a hack a shack to throw you off. They need to find something. Patrick Graham needs to find something that they can roll into next year that could give them some sort of a hope that they could build a game plan that they can at least keep Mahomes you know, anchored to earth at least a little bit in these matchups, you know. So that's something I'm going to definitely be looking at and watching for. Yeah. I mean, and if he doesn't, will he ever be a coordinator in the league again? I mean, do you want to be a Gunther to where you have to go back to being like DB's coach somewhere? Because of your, again? Yeah, your short, you know, your shortcomings and downfalls as an actual coordinator. I mean, Man, you better figure it out, dude, because they may give you, you know, a long enough leash to play next year, but there's nothing promised after that. So, like you said, these quarterbacks that are coming up in the league, dude, are just going to make things that much more difficult. So it's not going to get easier. You're, they're, the the uh, whole regime of stand in there and deliver quarterbacks, that stuff's over, man. There's still guys that can do that, but those same guys can tuck it and run for 52. Well, we've seen the limitations of that with Derek Carr. You know, you see sort Absolutely. of the difference there. And you said something earlier. I just want to, you know, I know we're getting close to the prediction time here, and we got some questions as well. You, you brought up the fact that how many points did the Chiefs scored this year? 400 and what? 65. And the Raiders are at 380. 382. And you look at the personnel around both quarterbacks. It just, you know, I've been a Derek Carr guy, Raspy. I'm, I'm not going to try to rewrite history or something or act like it wasn't what it was. When I'm right, I'll stand up and say it. When I'm wrong, I'll stand up and admit it. Doesn't that just really show the folly of the Raiders' plan this season to try to bring in weapons to close the gap around Derek Carr? Because the only difference that I see there is quarterback. Maybe maybe play caller, but I don't think Andy Reid is a hundred points better per season than Josh McDaniels with with equal personnel. I really I think McDaniels is actually one of the closer to as an offensive mind when things are clicking right. Doesn't that just expose an, a quarterback with better weapons around him? You you take away Tyreek Hill from one, you add Devontae Adams to the other, and you have a hundred point almost scoring difference doesn't that just show that the the foolishness of the Raiders 
even just momentarily, even just thinking that we could close the gap with, with what we had. I couldn't agree more. It's another touchdown a game, bro. We've been in 13 one-score games. Do you realize what another touchdown a game does to that record? Instead of being four and nine, you're probably 10 and three, 11 and two. You're cruising. That's the difference between good teams and bad teams is that you find a way to finish. And good teams and bad teams are predicated off the quarterback. Sorry. That's the way it is. It's a quarterback-driven league, guys. I know a lot of Raider fans don't want it for some weird reason, especially us Derek Carr fans. You know, a lot of – I was never like this, but a lot of us try to act like the quarterback position wasn't that important or it's just another guy or it's this ultimate team game where all 11 guys are exactly equal. Just come on, guys. It's like we all know that that's a bunch of BS. The Chiefs are not winning because their long snapper is as good as any other long snapper in the league. We know that. So – Let's just get off of that that kind of nonsense. But Raspy, you know, we're coming to prediction time here. There's there is it. What's hard? It's kind of making it a little bit harder for me to make the prediction. Is Josh Jacobs didn't practice the last couple of days with personal for, for personal reasons. Now we know that Josh Jacobs is one of those guys that can probably doesn't even need to practice at this point. You can just give him a time and place to show up on game day and then give him the football and he'll get it done. But uh, we, that just does leave with the with the, the fact that this game is so meaningless and the wear and tear he's taken on the season. You just wonder if he's just maybe going to – they're going to put him on the shelf for the last game. But assuming Josh Jacobs does play, because I don't know if it's anything physical. They said it was personal reasons, so we don't know what's going on there. But assuming he's going to play, do you – First off, did you have any other anything else on this matchup before we give the the our predictions? No, other than just like I said, it's, I think it's going to be a tight game. So it comes down to making those plays. Do they make the plays? What's your prediction? What's your score? I think they make some of them, man. But I think there's too much at stake for a Kansas City. And we won a close one, 31-27. I feel like Stiddy has a game, and he goes out there and he battles. But uh, You think we win? No, I think we lose. Oh, okay. 31-27. I think Stiddy has a good game, but I just think there's just too much at stake. And there's bound to be some flags in this game. I'm not going to sit here and talk about flags too much, but I just know that there will be some opportunities. And bottom line – the NFL wants the Chiefs to win this game. And I think even if they didn't, it'd be a tall order. But uh, I think Steady will give them all you can give them. And, and he'll, make them, he'll make them earn it. And that's all I can ask. I'm going to get a Steady stat line prediction from you after this. but And I'll give one as well. Overall, I pretty much agree with you, man. I think that the Chiefs, you know, number one seed at stake. This If they lose this game and the – the road to the playoffs ends up going through Buffalo or Cincinnati, or I think those are the other two teams that are in the running. That could be a whole different ball game. Not to say that Mahomes can't go on the road and win an AFC championship game. I think we all believe he can, but going to Buffalo this time of season to face an equal, basically an equal quarterback is not going to be the same as if this thing goes through Arrowhead. If it goes through Arrowhead, you got to like the chiefs chances. I think Stidham, Shows, again, that 
at the very least, he deserves to be given a real, and I'll say it again, a real look, a real chance to compete for this job next year. I do like the Chiefs to win it in another shootout, not as close as last week, 34 to 27, close to your score there, Raspy, but I think it's 34-27 Chiefs win. Now, just for fun, what's your Stidham prediction? What's your Stidham stat line? Like, just a ballpark. What do you think? You, you seem pretty confident. Would you say again? I already did it. I already had it just in case. 24 of 38 for 292, two tutties and a pick. That's not bad. That's, That's not, bad. not bad. I think I think he goes out there and shows that he can damn near throw for 300 again in a big, big game and control it. And I, I'm not even – I didn't put rushing yards on that, but I, I think you can probably tack 30 rushing yards onto that too. So he has an over 300-yard game, and he does all he can to try to keep this thing together. I just think there's too many weapons on this offense. He's too comfortable in this system. He did not look shook last week. I don't think it's going to be some, you know, awakening, you know, in a negative way to where he's like, oh, my gosh, it's too much. I think he showed a great amount of moxie last week, and I feel like he'll put up another good game. Uh, will fall short. There's a lot at stake, and I don't. I just don't see going into Kansas City and winning that game. What's well, it? It's in Vegas. Oh, this one isn't. Um, no, you're right. This one is in Vegas. I don't think it matters. Yeah. I really. I don't think it matters. To tell you the truth, sorry. My bad. I think it matters. I think it matters a little. It just won't be enough to to tip the scales. I don't uh, think the gold or anything would have mattered with Stidham. I really don't. I wouldn't have changed any of this stuff if I'd have thought that it was anywhere else. I just, I don't know. Like I said, I feel like that's kind of where he's at. I feel like he throws for a nice percentage again as a good game. You know, obviously there might be a mistake or two. That's why I put the one INT in there, but I think he has at least two touchdowns and keeps us in this game. Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't have picked it differently because of Stidham in the cold. I just think the Chiefs are better at Arrowhead. That's, it's just one of those things where the Patriots, when they had Tom and, 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 uh, and Belichick and everything, they were much tougher at Foxborough than were anywhere else. I think the Chiefs had that now. But, you know, for Stidham, I similar. I think 24 or 37 for – I have 287 and two scores. You said that you're, you know, you're not worried about the stage seeming too big for Stidham. You don't, you don't worry about him sort of, you know, puckering up, freezing up, whatever you want to call it in the big moments. Stidham's one of these weird quarterbacks, Raspy, where I don't worry about that either. I worry about the other thing. I worry about him being too loose. I worry about him being too, you know, what the hell, let's let it rip. Like almost in that in that regard, does that make any sense to you? No, it does. And I think like the one thing that you even touched on last week or, you know, in the post game was like, he does seem to kind of be like, yeah, I'll just stand in there and I'll just make it happen. I'll wait. I'll take the hit, you know, and it's like, you can't do that. You can only do so much of that because it could come back to haunt you for sure. So I get it. Yeah. And all, all in all, we expect another impressive start from Jared Stidham, one worthy of putting him right firmly in the quarterback conversation to be a franchise quarterback with the Las Vegas Raiders as soon as next season. Very exciting stuff, um, even if it may be, unfortunately, in a loss. Um, so much to look forward to from Jared Stenham. 
going forward. So much to look forward to. So many questions left to be answered for this Raiders organization. We haven't, I mean, stuff like we haven't had a legitimate question is who's going to be the, the starting quarterback next season in literally a decade. And and all, all of those questions are, are firmly on the table for the Raiders going forward into this offseason. And Raspy, you have some questions here. Um, speaking of that, are you ready to take on a few of these questions before we let you go to, to get ready for this last game in, in uh, 2022, 2023? Always ready for the mailbag, brother. Absolutely. So we start with – he goes by Jericho off of Twitter. And uh, this is this is an interesting one, Raspy. This is one that I had to go back and read the article because I didn't I didn't see it until – Jericho mentioned it, but Jericho says, number one, do you guys believe the report by Vinny? And he's talking about Vinny Bossignor, the Raiders uh, beat writer, for those that don't know. Do you guys believe the report by Vinny that the Raiders were done with Carr weeks ago? And if so, why did they wait to make the change? We were kind of talking about this before the show. You didn't even know that this question was coming. Um, But just to kind of fill anybody in that didn't read this report, there's a report by Vinny Bassanior where he talks about this whole Derek Carr situation and said basically that the Raiders came to the conclusion several weeks ago, if not months ago, uh, and it was pretty early on in the regular season that Derek Carr wasn't going to be the guy going forward. And they, they cited his lack of toughness and poise in the pocket, not willing to stand in there and delivered the ball to some guys that they felt were open on tape. Um, but Raspy, you know, I don't know if you had a chance to read the article, but what do you think about that? What do you, if that's true, if that report is true, and Vinny's pretty plugged into the Raiders, let's be real, he's one of their chosen mouthpieces to go to when they want to put stuff out. I don't know if this is the Raiders punching back at David Carr and, and some of this stuff that they're talking about. We have another question about that next, but what do you think about that report? And if that is true, why didn't they make this move earlier in your opinion? Well, you're right about Vinny, man. I mean, they do give him kind of free reign to, uh, to get the stuff early and, I don't know. I think the more I look back on it, the fact that I didn't see it kind of blows my mind. Hart said this in the last show. Why would you give a guy a $40 million prove-it deal? Well, you give a guy a $40 million prove-it deal because when you're coming in, you don't necessarily believe in him. And you feel like, hey, we're going to bring in Devontae. We're going to do some certain things. And if it doesn't work with these guys, then it's probably not going to work. So let's give ourselves some outs. That's where I, if I go back to that and really think about that, and I wished I would have picked this this contract apart and known a little bit more, you know, than I did originally because it just looked like a nice contract for Carr and we were committing. Well, they weren't completely committing. They gave themselves a bunch of outs. You don't give yourself a bunch of outs if you believe in this guy and you think he's the guy. Let's just say the donkeys just signed Russell Wilson, and there are very few outs for these guys. Yeah, he's going to have to go commit a felony to get out of there. Pretty they much. Didn't, they didn't leave these kinds of things. So that right there, 
And you know what? I look back at it and I think like, well, you know what? I'm the same guy who was calling for Derek's car head three, four years ago. So if McDaniels didn't see that, hey, if I'm going to come in here and I, we give these guys all these weapons, I'm going to build them an offense that should make it really easy for them to be, you know, at a high completion percentage and to get the ball out of his hand and to move the ball and I'm going to create him a, a run game and I'm going to do all these things. But if he doesn't respond, then I'm going to have to move on because if you want me to do this in, you know, a three, four, five-year deal, then I need to get to work. So think about it going back and then think about just some of the some of the post-game pressers where he was saying there was guys open. I remember listening to him. Anybody else in the nation probably remembers too. There were some guys open. There were some times he was criticizing Clark, you know, kind of quietly and subtly, but it was happening. And that there was some guys open and they weren't getting the ball to him and stuff. So, I mean, I'm not as surprised, Jericho, and I think you're like right on. And I'm sure Vinny's probably right on because they give him info that they don't just give anybody. So it seems like they set it up that if, hey, we did all this and you didn't come through, man, we're moving on. And that's the way it's going to be. So the whole surprise, surprise thing from the Kardashians, it just makes it that much worse. You had to know signing car. Did you not read your contract? Did your manager not, you know, or did your agent not explain to you exactly what was going on and how this was going to play out money-wise and how in a year after signing this contract, they could dump you for 5.6 on a hit? I mean, come on, man. It's a business. Like we said, get realistic. So I'm not that surprised, and I do believe it. And maybe it is a little bit of them saying, hey, man, we were trying to keep some of that under wraps. We weren't going to say much, but you want to start trash mouthing? Well, we're going to gonna fire back. I don't know. I don't think that's what it is necessarily because I think all this stuff was – it's all written. I mean, it's all in contractual agreements. So you see the money. You see the dead money. You see what could have been and what can't be and what date we got to figure it out by. It's all there in black and white. So – I, I believe it, man. I promise you I believe it. Well, I think it's easy to believe. I mean, obviously none of us knows for sure because we're not in those meetings with, with McDaniels and and Lombardi and, and uh, Ziegler and, and those guys. But I would say this, Jericho, I think it's, we would, it's safe to conclude that that was true because Derek Hard, they moved on. And so there had to be some point during the season – that where they went from signing him to a prove it deal to deciding that he did not live up to that prove it deal. He didn't prove it, in other words. So there had to be a point during this season that they decided to move on. Exactly what point that was is anybody's guess. Raspy makes a good point. There was several press conferences that you can look back, and he did make a lot of interesting, you know, sort of like between the lines comments that you can now make a lot more sense with the clarity of now Derek Carr is not going to be here anymore after the Steeler game was the last time where he said we you can't win football games this time of the year in the season if if you can't throw the ball better than what we have there's only one guy throwing the ball at that point of the season for the Raiders so and Raspy you're right I I, I thought about this over the last couple of days you just mentioned it again and I feel stupid too that I didn't question this either you don't sign prove-it quarterbacks to that kind of – like 37 point whatever million or whatever it is and with the accelerators, I think it goes over 40 million or whatever it could have. 
that's those are contracts for elite quarterbacks, and it's like either a quarterback is elite raspy or they're not. This idea of an elite prove it contract is one of the most contradictory things yep. that I've ever heard. It's like you know, it's you know, somebody. It, it just does not make any sense. You're the fastest slow guy around. Like, what does that even mean? Like, we're we're going to pay you an elite prove-it contract? We're going to approve it deal, an elite prove-it deal? Either the guy's elite or he isn't. Yep. Deshaun Watson wasn't going to take some maybe deal after the first year. They fully guaranteed. As stupid as that was, that's what they did. Like you said, you you don't ask questions. You just, same with the Chiefs. You don't ask questions. You sign on the dotted line and you lock this guy in. So the fact that they didn't lock him in and there was any kind of out saying after one year, after you signed this contract, we can a dead cat have a 5.6, bro. That's laughable in the league these days. We owe coaches more than that. Still. Are you kidding me? I mean, that's nothing. I know it sounds crazy, but that's nothing. So to be able to move on from this guy, it just shows, like you said, if it was a feature franchise guy, you pay him as a franchise guy. I mean, Carr should have saw this coming. I don't know how he didn't. Carr should have seen this coming, but so should McDaniels and Ziegler because of the same. It's the same thing on both I think sides. They did. I think that's why they oh. did it, and they gave him an out. But why would okay? I get, that was smart to give the out. Reggie McKenzie was he used to do that as well. I think he's one of the ones that started kind of popularizing that around the league. But kind of did too. But the thing is, it's like, why are you paying it? Like, if I'm paying a quarterback, if I if there's any question as to whether he's elite, then why are you paying him like he is? If there's a proven deal, heart is that's the way the NFL has become. Man, Kyler Murray was like literally going to bail out on the team. And they gave – and look what he consist. what he won five games this year. It's just the way it's become. If you have a guy that you even think has the upside and the possibility to be that guy, it's so hard to move on. You know what I mean? It's just what the NFL has become. and But it's a crapshoot, you know? That one decision will make him or break your franchise. I get you know, it. Well, look at look at Ari- look at Arizona, bro. Arizona probably should have said Kyler leave then because right now he's injured, and even when he was in there, he played like trash. It, it looks like the he might have set their franchise back another five, ten years. And Arizona has went through a lot of the same stuff we have, so it's it just sucks that that's what it's became. Is that if you even have a chance that's why we hung on to him but at least these guys were smart enough executively to be like hey man we want to give you everything but we also need to make sure that you're gonna produce and put us in a position to be the team we want to be moving forward this looks like this might be the smartest decision that nobody is noticing in the Raider franchise for the last 20 years well, McDaniel's just had the balls to make this move because, and again, you know, you, you're right. Derek Carr should have seen this coming. This wasn't even his first prove-it contract. He's come off of like the last three years have been prove-it deals, basically. So it's like, you know, he was hanging by a thread this whole time and really doesn't have anybody to blame but himself. It, it just, he had the chance and they brought Adams in, they kept Waller, Renfro. Jacobs had a career year. None of that was enough. 
to keep Derek Carr under center for the Raiders. But Jericho, good question. Great question. Got us talking, man. Got us talking a lot, man. Absolutely great question. I like it. For sure, for sure. And next, our old buddy Raider Ray. Not his first rodeo here. For, I think the first of this season, though. But Raider Ray has a question that a lot of a lot of other Raider fans had. Why does Carr let his brothers talk for him? That's number one. This is another two-part question. Why does Carr let his brothers talk for him? And number two, will it affect his next landing spot? To answer it quickly, I don't know. I don't know why this guy continues to let people talk for him. It just show, it just goes to show that, like, like I said, the dude is a great dude, kind as they can be, kind as they come, you know, great philanthropist, awesome dude, you know. Fellow Christian brother of mine got nothing but love for him. But when it comes down to gusto and, you know, that killer instinct to shut people up and tell people exactly where you stand and showing that, we're not seeing it, man. He's letting his brothers talk for him. I don't get it. I, I said it in the last show. When are you going to speak for yourself, man? You walked away from the team. You're not on. You're not in the building anymore. We all know it's over. So there's really no, I mean, I'm not saying to come out and say everybody's a piece of garbage and, you know, you did nothing wrong and you're the, you know, none of that. I, whatever, however you want to approach it, it's fine. But speak for yourself. Letting your brother go up there and run his mouth on NFL Network, which I have no idea why NFL Network continues to let this dude go out there and analyze football. Because one, he's not that good at it. Two, he is as much of a homer as I've ever seen. Three, he talks for his baby brother. And he uses the NFL Network to do so. The NFL Network looks like clowns right now. And he looks like one, too. Because Derek Carr, last time I checked, is 31 years old and should be able to speak for himself and playing ball in this, you know, this league for almost 10 years. I do not understand why he lets people talk for him. I know you're a nice guy, bro, but at some point the nice guy has to stand up and at least speak for himself too, man. You're a man, right? Speak for yourself. Don't let other people put, because then we don't know. We figure you're probably signing off on everything your brothers say, but are you? We don't know. Because you know what? Because you just stay ghost. Same thing. Like we talked about, why are you such a company man? You want to trash us now and say their Raiders organization is a joke and and unstable and toxic as hell, but yet you won't speak on it yourself. You let your brothers do it. And Come he on, went man. along with it for all those years too. That's what I'm saying. And that's another thing. And, I, and that's what drives me nuts too because I was thinking back because I was listening to our show and it was like, it's one thing to be a company man because you're like, you know, you got six you know, five, six kids and you make a hundred grand a year and leaving would just be absolutely stupid because you couldn't afford to live the lifestyle. So you stick with it, bro. you are far beyond that. You, like I said, you got generational wealth. You could walk away right now and never have to work another day in your life and build congregations. He can go to another team. He can go to another team. You could do whatever the hell you want. You know what I mean? So it's not a financial thing. So don't just say it was loyalty. No, you bad opportunities. If you're going to talk trash now, man, you should have bounced. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know when he's going to, like, just speak for himself, you know, and actually say what's really on his mind because I felt like we got half of what was on his mind pretty much the whole nine years he was here. From the sound of it, maybe we were lucky if we got that. 
do you think the second part of that question, do you think that his brother's trashing the Raiders? This is what I think he's getting at here. I'm sorry if I'm oh, putting yeah. in, I think I don't think it helps. I don't think it helps. And I think that's their way of being like, okay, Raiders will show you, you know, we're going to make it harder for you guys to trade him. Well, he has a no trade clause already. So, I mean, he's only going to go to places that he wants to go to. So, if, if they think that just this trash talking is going to make it that much harder, well, then if nothing else, we're just going to cut him. So, either way, it won't be our problem. So, play it however you want to play it, Kardashians. Either way, it's going to come down to one or the other. We're either going to trade him and get some assets for him, or we're just going to cut him and, you know, cut bait. So either way, it's happening. So you could be all salty and pissy about it, but you're probably not benefiting your brother with all the nonsense you guys are talking right now. And the more you, I guess the less you say, the better off you'll be, you know? So keep talking and all you're doing is just making a team think, do we really want all this crap to come along with Derek Carr? He's got, a brother who's on he's got a brother who's on national television and can bag us at any given time if they want to. Do we yeah. want to bring that headache on? The social media stuff with Darren yeah. Carr. He's like the social media, you know, part of that wing of that operation. And then you have David Carr's, the NFL Network wing of that operation. And Harvester Sports is somewhere in between. I, I, I do wonder that. I do wonder that. Raider Ray, you know, does a team exactly what Raspy said? Does a team look at that and think, hmm, I mean, he, he wasn't that good there. Do we want him coming in here? And if we have to make a move, all of a sudden he's they're saying this and that and this. Now, I don't think it's it's going to have – I don't think he's going to go unsigned or anything because of this or won't be able to work out a deal, but I don't think it helps. No, and, I attribute uh, it to, like, gossiping schoolgirl you know, or gossip in high school nonsense. And it shows a lack of accountability, man. It, it, it does. It just shows a lack of accountability, and you're right. It, and it looks cowardly. It's like you, you, don't have the, you don't have the balls to say it yourself, but then yeah. you're going to send your, your brothers to go out there. And, you know, all these years where he kept saying – and here's the other thing, Raspy, that, that, I th that I find funny as a Derek Carr supporter for all these years. I kind of feel duped in a way with this. What was the number one thing, Raspy, that Derek Carr would say? If you could just – just the one sentence, if you could boil it down to one sentence, what's the one thing Derek Carr would always stand up there after a loss and face the Raider press? What's the one thing he would always say every time we lose? We got to be better? No. the <laughs> That's what it all – Put it all on me, right? It's all. It's on yeah, me. Put it all. Yeah, yeah. We we got. I got to be better. We got to be better. Put it on me. Yeah. Put it on me. So then, okay. So then, when McDaniel's does put it on you, then all of a sudden it's a problem now. Yeah. Like you're the one saying, "Put it on me. Put it on me." Well, McDaniel said, "Okay, word. We'll put it on you." Then we're moving on, and then now you're going to say, "Well, it really no, wasn't on that. me all the time. It's all. It's really was this toxicity from yeah. Mark Davis that seeped down from the top." So now you're. So that was BS then. Yeah. Just a lot of the leadership, that. That I, the leadership stuff that I thought was there, I just, did, you know, some of it started, the, that facade is starting to crack a little bit, bro. That now that he's not there, you know, all this stuff, again, like you said, things were not going well. Things are so toxic, and yet you kept up there. Every time we hired a new coach, you said how much you loved the new coach. You, everything is great with, you know, they do everything for the quarterback and all. You never said one thing disparaging about this organization 
So were you just complicit in it then? That's not a lead. A leader doesn't, a good leader doesn't find themselves in a toxic or a bad situation where there's bad, you know, stuff coming from above that's trickling down. A bad leader does not go along with that. A bad leader looks around and says, look, I don't care if I lose my job here. I don't care what the, the people at top. Let me just be the one to say that what we're doing is not right. I'm not going to be a part of this. If I lose my job because of it, this is a losing situation. We're doing things the wrong way, and I'm not going to be a part of this toxicity. But he didn't do that, did he? Well, and a lot of people are going to say, well, no one does that. It happens all the time, man. Guys it happens all the time. Trades. Guys request trades all the time. It may not be the verbiage that Hart just spilled out there, but it's it's the same kind of thing. Guys or guys like Kyler Murray just take everything off their team's page and unfollow their team and throw a fit that way. So there's ways to do it, and he never did it, and he never acted like he was disgruntled or upset. You know, so when oh, and, I, and when Hart asked me that, he always but that's what he always said. We got to be better. We got to be better. You know, and that starts with me. It starts with me. So I guess I I was listening to the first question and not hitting them or hitting them with the second response because it was always we got to be better. You know, and that starts with me. And we heard that all the time. So it was like his way of saying it's on me, but it's not on me. We got to be better. It starts with me. Well, if it starts with you and it ends with you. And now we're moving on. Now, now we're the a holes, and you know you're drifting gold, and you know we're the reason you weren't successful. Come on, man. It's it's a way of faking accountability, right? It that's is. like what, that's what people say when they when they're taking accountability. But he didn't really mean that because nope. otherwise he'd be saying, "Look, the other Raiders decided to move on. They gave me a chance with this big contract. They brought in my my guy from Green Bay who." You know, I've I've thought the world of since since college, and I thought it was going to work. We kept Renfo, we kept Waller, Jacobs brought his his A game this year, and I didn't live up to that. I didn't. We brought in the coach that I I signed off on this coach, and I you know they gave me the money, they believed in me, and I didn't live up to it. Where is any of that? Now it's Mark Davis, and and this this it's unstable and the next organization needs to be stable where well, you were part you failed to stable the organization as the franchise quarterback my man that's what you're telling people bring Bro. me in bring in the guy who failed to, to stabilize the last place that I was in even though the the starting franchise quarterback is supposed to be the number one guy who can stay right raspy Bro, look look look, look 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 at the bills can you name the the starting quarterback for the bills for four to eight years before Josh Allen came there he stabilized that situation now McDermott is a good coach don't get me wrong but that quarterback stabilized that situation the Chiefs is a little bit different because you got Reed and he had Smith and then you know kind of transferred but that's a stabilization with the quarterback you know I mean that's look at Brady and the Patriots. Bledsoe was just starting to get a taste of stabilizing that, and then he gets hurt. Who steps in and stabilizes that situation for the foreseeable future? Your quarterback, along with a coach, but your quarterback. Go so, with your most hated team, Raspy. Look at the Denver Donkeys with John Elway or, and or slash him, yeah. Peyton Manning or without either one of those two. Yep. Raiders with or without Rich Gannon, Snake Stabler, or Jimmy Plunks. Yep. The quarterback position is the state. So you're basically telling your next team, bring me in. If, but if you're unstable, I ain't going to stabilize it. But I want to be paid like that, though. Yep. So give me that money. <laughs>
<laughs> Need that bag. It's over, Raider Ray. Again, another question. Everything is so frustrating right now, man. I get it. You know, it seems like every question needs to be, you know, need to delve into, you know, 10 times as long as normal. That's just kind of where we're at, man. It sucks. But appreciate that question, Raider Ray. That was another one that's just starting a lot of talk, man. There's going to be so much to come to. There's going to be a lot to come, Raider Ray. That was a great question. We just have one last one, and this is going to be a much quicker one, Raspy. It's a very simple question. Oakland 627, I don't recall having a question from you yet. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the, the segment. Wants to know very simply, when will you guys know if Jared Stenham is the guy? Not might be, but is. That sucks because I don't think we'll have enough time. I mean, if he goes out and, like, just straight up dimes up the Chiefs, then, I mean, but the, but the difference of me saying he's the guy is saying that we just need to keep him on the roster and no matter what transpires, he needs to have a shot. Right. You know, it, it's a two-game sample size. We should have done this three weeks ago. God, what I would have loved to see Stidham – for four or five weeks and actually the playoff. fully diagnose and possibly with a playoff push. Who knows? But yes, so that was tough. Um, he has to go and light up the Chiefs. I mean, and just like walk away with one because and win the game because of him single-handedly for me to be like, for sure. But even a good outing would be like, man, he needs to come back and stay on the squad and compete with whatever in the hell you bring in here. Whether that be a veteran, along with a rookie, whatever. I mean, after what he did last week, I'm super high on this kid right now. I I want to be proven right to say that, hey, man, even after one week of film, and maybe that's not enough, you know, but he's going to go out. I, I picked him to play really well. So... We'll see. But I would say if nothing else, man, it's hard to answer that question for sure because, let's face it, you know, 627, it's a, that's a tough one, man. It's a two-game sample size. But I would say he goes out there and plays well. He's got to be on this roster next next season, even if it is a backup role because if somebody beats him out, then we at least know at the very least we have a guy that can be competitive and come in there and give us, you know, quality minutes if he's not the starter. Yeah, Oakland 627, I, I agree with Raspy here. Well, I agree with him that a great outing against the Chiefs would definitely punch my ticket into, you know, the Stiddy show needs to roll over into next season. But it wouldn't be enough to me just to say out, because you say you you specified not might be Al, the guy, right. but is the guy. Yeah. So That's a tough question, though. The Chiefs game for me would be a might be the guy. But for me, Raspy, I do have sort of a framework for this that we've talked about before. Maybe this is why I decided to go with this question. We actually saw this question a few times, though. This is something that a lot of Raider Nation wanted to know our thoughts on. But for me, I go back to the the Trevor Simeon rule or the Mike White rule. or It's more the Trevor Simeon rule where – he gave the Broncos four games where it looked like he was going to be the guy. I mean, some of those games he had four touchdown passes, I remember. 
in at least one of those. And then after that four game stretch, we all know what, you know, he's basically a career backup from that point on. So for me, it would be some point next season. It would be, he plays well again against the chiefs well enough to bring him back and give him that training camp shot. Then if he goes out and wins the job in training camp and then the first two or three games next season looks the exact same, then I would, then I would say, okay, four games of film, whole off season of film, like to do film study on the, the two games that we did have, plus a couple more next year, and he still looks like that, then yes. Then I would say five. the fifth game for me is, okay, this may be something. I guess I was thinking like he was giving us the end of season, you know, wall, but you're right. He didn't say that. So I'm with you there. That's yeah, gotta be- I- that's the only way I could answer that question, though, because there's – I don't even if it was – this guy could be Joe Montana 2.0, and I wouldn't – like, he legitimately could end up becoming something like that based off of his first start. And I still – if it was just the two games, I still wouldn't – like, I wouldn't crown even Patrick Mahomes. I wouldn't have been crowning him after two games at the Chiefs. Obviously, after the third and fourth and fifth game, it's like, okay. And I loved him coming out of college where a lot of, not a lot of other people were saying, were talking about him. So I don't care who the quarterback is. If the Raiders drafted a rookie quarterback and he comes out starting week one, balling out, it's going to take a number of weeks that we before we would say, okay, we've got our guy. So, but Stidham has done everything so far to, he hasn't put out any any false reads, any bad, you know, any, Maybe not. He hasn't put out any of those vibes yet. So, so far, so good from Jared Stenham. Um, Raspy, did, did you have if anything goes, else? No, just uh, just if he goes out and balls out against the Chiefs this weekend, you you gotta you gotta run it back with him at least to have him on this squad to be there day one and competing with whoever it is. Yeah, not just bring him back, but bring him back. To where it's like, okay, it's a to legitimate for not, a starting job to compete for a starting job. Because we both know, Raspy, a lot of these quote unquote competitions are just, well, we really want Raspy to start and we we, right. we like Raider Hart, but if Raspy shows us anything, even if Hart's better, we really want him to start. We really want Hart to be the backup. I don't, if, if he balls out again, it needs to be a legit, it's Hart or Raspy. We, we, we don't know. When we're going to let him battle this thing out, the best man will win. We don't know right now. That's what it needs to be. Well, and that's the thing. That could be a guy like Will Levis or Anthony Richardson or who knows. You know what I mean? Right. Along, along with a veteran, too. You just never know. There is so much up in the air. So it's, it's tough to call it right now. But either way, like I said, we're going to be right here with you. But uh, Oakland 627, thanks for the question, man. Love all of them. Love the interaction. Hope we can answer them to, you know, at least a shred of what you want. I know it may not always be what you want to hear, but we're going to keep it real here, man, and give it to you 100%. So, yeah, man, it's crazy. It just shows in a blink of an eye a season is over, man. So, just time-wise, man, love, love your, you know, love your friends, love your family, all that good stuff, man. Love your football because before you know it, it's over and you got to go into that lull. So, but in the meantime, like I said, we got a lot of, we got a, we got a lot of info that's going to be able to help fill that lull. So keep it with us, man. Keep your notifications on, stay plugged in, stay tuned in, man. We will be talking and uh, just, 
Another great year, man. Silver and Black Hack. Love you guys. Love Nation. Always, all day. You guys are awesome, man. Appreciate each and every one of you. And anybody that listens and, you know, chimes in. And like I said, I just, I, I can't tell you enough how much it means to both of us, you know, that we were able to do this and kind of bring you content and that you guys enjoy it. So it's a big deal, man. We appreciate the hell out of it. So we're going to see. we got a lot to talk about coming up, man. But uh, in front of us right now is this Chiefs game. And we're going to see what old Jared Sidham does in that in that final game of the season to uh, kind of keep everybody wondering. It's exciting, man. I, I, it's, cra it's crazy as it is. Hart and I had this conversation, and Hart said, man, I'm more excited right now than I've been in a minute. And I agree with him. It's exciting right now, man. I tell you right now, there's never a dull moment, it seems like. Soft season is going to be crazy. We're going to get into it, but let's see what happens, and we'll get at you with the post game after the Chiefs. But uh, until then, y'all be good, man. All that heart run us out of here. Thanks, guys. Peace. Yeah, guys. Well, this is not our last show of the of the regular season. Um, we're going to recap whatever goes down. Hopefully, another exciting, steady performance. Some of them are out there raspy. They call themselves. The itty bitty steady committee. So there, there's all sorts of <laughs> nicknames ready to go for this guy out here. Be be amazing if this guy becomes the the starting quarterback here. You know, stid you know stid him. Um, what was stud him? There's there's the the nicknames are ready to go. So it would just be amazing if the we could just sidestep this whole quarterback purgatory that some of us are worried about um, here um, and just have our guy already in house. That would be. Boy, that'd be a break for the Raiders. But until then, guys, for my co-host, Mr. Raspy Raider, this is Raider Hart leaving you for now, guys. Let's watch this Chiefs game together. Let's root for this young quarterback and hope for the best. And no matter what happens, we'll be here to, to break it down. But uh, let's just hope that this young man can go out, ruin the Chiefs playoff um, scenario, and just win, baby.